41 years old and make a long story short, I had to go have a procedure, just a routine procedure. And she said, are you pregnant? I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. She's like, well, is there a possibility you're pregnant? I'm like, listen, lady, like I have not been pregnant in 11 years. I am not pregnant. Hi there, I'm Tanya Khazanov, and you are listening to Human and Holy, a podcast where we discuss the deepest parts of Torah, not just as scholars, but also as human beings. If you would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast in honor of a birthday, yardside, someone you love, please visit humanandholy.com slash sponsor or email us at info at humanandholy.com. Today, I have the great honor of speaking to my fabulous aunt, Manya Lazaroff, a powerhouse woman who talks about embracing the journey that God sends us on, even as it continuously shifts to be so different from what we expect. Manya's life, like many of ours, is constantly asking her to become something new. If you're in this journey of life, join us for a conversation about what it looks like to embrace the road God sends us on and to rise to meet our new identities as our lives evolve. I am so excited that I finally have you here. My dearest aunt, this has been, you know, in progress. In progress, exactly. And I feel like our topic that we're going to be discussing today, the timing couldn't have been anything but now. The first time I asked you, the timing wasn't right. It had to be right now. Yeah, absolutely. It has evolved. (laughs) Exactly. So before we get started just talking, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Okay, so Manya Lazarev, I am a shlucha in College Station, Texas for the past 17 years and on shluchas for 25 years. So thank God I'm Tanya's aunt and I live in a college city, a hundred miles from the closest mikvah kosher food school. And together with my husband, we have quite a dynamic, both community and student population that we're catering to. I'd say 24 seven, but we get a few hours of sleep. <laughs> And thank God, the mother of eight incredible kids spanning all ages and stages. And it's been quite the journey and it still is. Okay. I'm so excited. Obviously your life is very full and also sort of unexpected in a lot of ways. So today that's what we're going to talk about, what it looks like to really let go and surrender to the journey that Hashem is particularly taking you on and how it just evolves constantly throughout our lives. And like, we have to stay open to that. You're on it. It's not only staying open, it's just truly being ready for whatever is Hashem's plan and literally just trusting. And that's, I guess, where we'll discuss. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what has happened in your life that has made that idea so real to you. Like, where are you at? Okay. I think I'm going to start with this. We are the mother of two married children. Both got married last year. Thank God. 
We have two wonderful bonus daughters that have enhanced our family tremendously. We're very, very grateful. Love it. You know, the oldest being 23 and our youngest is seven months old. And somewhere in that mix, right? There's the two big kids, an 18-year-old. And we have triplets that are 14. Actually just all went away from home this year. It's a big deal. And then in the past two years, Hashem has blessed us with two little babies. So it's been quite the wild and unexpected journey. To say the least, my youngest two are 19 months apart, which is really closer than most of my children. And yeah, we're just rolling with the ages, the stages, and the gifts Hashem has given us. And obviously that doesn't happen on its own, right? It's work to roll with it. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your experience was like having a baby when your youngest was like 12? Yeah. Well, my youngest three were 12. My triplets were 12. I think after like having triplets, you think like, wow, this has been the most insane blessing. And I remember people would be like taken aback when they'd see you like wheeling three babies and they'd be like, God bless you because we're in the South. So it's like, God bless you. And I'd say, (laughs) oh, he already has. And they'd be shocked. Like, Mm. yeah, this is a tremendous blessing. And when people would be saying like, oh my gosh, triplets. Oh, I don't know how. And we'd say like, no, we got the jackpot. This is a jackpot. Not everyone gets this tremendous gift. And I was 29 when I had them. So I was young and I had six kids. And with the lens that we saw that experience through, we truly, I will never forget. So they were born a week before Rosh Hashanah. And I'll never forget, actually was staying by your parents, by the Ishel house for Rosh, um, with to be by the hospital through that, out that Tishrei month. While my husband was back in college station, we split up. We said, oh, older wow. division, younger division, you run the Chabad set in college <laughs> station. I'll take care of the babies at the NICU. And I remember we were pulling up to the hospital and they were a week old. They were still in the NICU. They were born at 32 weeks and five days. Tremendously miraculous. The doctor himself said, you had a miracle. Three healthy new babies. And I remember pulling up at the light to make that left turn into the hospital complex. And I told my husband, Yes, I feel like I was front row at like Kriyas Yamsov. Like I was a conduit to bring. And I said, last year, Rosh Hashanah Hashem decided he's giving us three new neshamas. Like I was Mm. so taken by like the trust that Hashem had in us that like, I'm giving you three new infinite souls, infinite potential. And you got this. And I think that that's the lens that we looked at that experience through. And I remember times when they would all three be crying and we would just look at each other and just smile. Like there's three of them here. And yeah, it's chaotic. And yeah, I mean, get three toddlers who decide they want to play with oil or baby food <laughs> or flour or et cetera, fill in the blank. But you know what? We really just kind of embraced it, rolled with it and just saw it as like, Hashem, you chose us for this. We are so blessed And that's also the message we kind of gave over to the triplets. Like, you're so lucky to have each other. Your neshamas are so connected in such a deep way. You've arrived in the world at the same time. And the truth is they have such a special bond that we see manifesting through their journey in life. So that was like, wow, that's a lot of life. That's a lot of wonderful chaos. And okay, we got this, you know, move forward and really focus on the blessing and keep your mind in the place that it can allow you to really be present for the experience and not just wait till the next stage and wait till the next age and wait till you're like, mm. I'm done with the toddler. I'm done with baby. And I was just like, I really want to be enjoy where they're at and enjoy who they are and enjoy unwrapping this gift that yeah, not everyone gets like, wow. And then that was 29. And so then from 29 until 41, I was not blessed with any more children. And there was really no reason other. I mean, my doctors tried to send me to this doctor, that doctor. And there was no reason other than Hashem was like, nope, not now. And I remember really, I mean, I remember it's still in the forefront. It's still there. It's still a very deep feeling of saying, 
Hashem, I don't get it. You have two people who are willing to bring infinite neshamas into the world. We're willing to do the hard work to raise them. They're willing to roll up their sleeves. We're willing to have a house full of chaos. Like, what are you holding it back for? I really felt like, like I really was struggling with it. And it brought me back to, I remember being in high school and I found a little pamphlet on Tarsim Mishpach and I was like, ooh, this is so interesting, right? You're in high school. You're going to see what this is about. And I remember it was a letter from the Rebbe where the Rebbe was saying, fertility is not a faucet that you turn on and off. And those words stuck with me. It's not a faucet you turn on and off. It's a bracha. And so that was always in my mind that this is a tremendous bracha and that neshamas are literally the biggest gift Hashem could give to us. And I want to pause here and say to anyone who's listening who has not yet been blessed, from the deepest place, I really give you a bracha that you should be able to see revealed, revealed good. And you should be able to, there's so many, I, I used to say, there's so many neshamas and shamayim that need to come down into the world. Like, what are you holding them back for? Doesn't help anyone. Let's go, you know? Yeah. So I really want to give that bracha across to anyone who has not yet been blessed for Zarechai Vikayama that Hashem should do it. We need more light. We more need more neshamas. And there's a world ready to step up and do that. And it wasn't because I was naive. Like I wasn't because I didn't say, oh, wow, I have six kids. I'm so blessed. And wow, just, you know, be happy. That's a full house. You're not bored. But I always knew that we were so ready to embrace whatever Hashem sent our way. But I wasn't ready to embrace him not sending. Right? Like I'm ready to embrace all the neshamas that you want to send their way and all these children and, and the gift and whatever Hashem sends our way and whichever the journey takes up. But now you're choosing not to, and I'm not really happy with it. Right. So I tell her face that I remember having a conversation with my mashpia and she's like, listen, you know, about like letting go. And I remember the idea of letting go and just completely trusting that Hashem knows was really not so comfortable. Not going to lie. It wasn't. Yeah. So anytime I'd see a talk about having a large family or anytime I'd see different things, it would bother me. I was always really grateful that I had children, right? I had children. There are many who are not blessed with children. I was so grateful, but I always knew we'd love a house full. So what that looked like for me was coming to a place where I was saying, okay, Hashem, you know exactly which neshamas you have planned for us. Every single one. Like, you know, I'm done stressing about it. It's yours. You let us know when you decide that you're going to send more away, that you're ready to give us more children, more brachas. And fast forward to, I'm 41 years old and make a long story short, I had to go have a procedure, just a routine procedure. And she said, are you pregnant? I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. She's like, well, is there a possibility you're pregnant? I'm like, listen, lady, like I have not been pregnant in 11 years. I am not pregnant. She's like, well, is there any chance? She's like, you know what? I just, I'm going to do a blood test. I'm like, you know what? By all means, you know, <laughs> by all means, like do job security, test. like do your COVID test for the procedure, right. do right. the blood test. Like, I right. know I'm not pregnant. Like, it's fine. I got, it's got this. And they call me two days later. They said, hey, your procedure's canceled. I'm like, is the doctor okay? They're like, no, it's you. I'm like, oh, I have COVID because I'm on a college campus. That was more like normal than like I caught COVID. I didn't know. <laughs> She's like, no, it's the other test. I'm like, I didn't even remember they did another test. I'm like, other test? She's like, yeah, the pregnancy test. I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, you're pregnant. I'm like, oh my gosh. I actually, I started, I was I was 40 or one, 41. I started laughing. I just started laughing tremendously because I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like you've got, I'm like oh spontaneously God. out of like, literally 11 years later, I'm pregnant. Like there are 12 years apart. And I started laughing. And you know what the lady said? She said, I'm so relieved with your reaction. I said, why? She said, usually when I am the one who breaks this news to people your age, <laughs> the dinosaur, right? They're she like, says, Uh-oh. usually this is not their reaction. I said, well, we never didn't want. 
She said, you have no idea how happy are you just made my day. This child, God willing, is so lucky to be welcomed into your life. So, so nice. Yeah. I definitely made two weddings with a pregnant belly. I can't ever say I'd imagine walking my children to the chuppah with a pregnant belly. I can't ever say that this is the vision I expected. I can't say it was an easy journey. But what I can say is this idea of letting go, I've seen really transferred to other areas of my life. Meaning, I feel like this was like the challenge that like made me face it. But I've noticed it cross over into many areas. So for instance, sending kids away from home, you know, right? Last year we had three kids. We have to find the right schools for each kid. You try to send one kid away from home. It's intense. The process of finding each kid, the right school, the right place, the right environment, meeting their needs. And now you have three kids. You're looking for three different schools. And I've noticed that the kind of mindset of like, let go, Hashem has a plan. It affects everything from, okay, trust that this is the school even when doubts came up or whatever, this is a school we decided. This is a school Hashem guided us to. This is where you're meant to be. And I found that when you can talk to your inner self with that narrative, and then you can talk to your nervy on edge 14-year-old with that narrative, right? it really brings a sense of Hashem's got this. Yeah. And I've noticed it throughout, like our shulchas when curveballs that send our way or things come to the table that we're needing to be called up to, right? Like, I don't know, this couple comes and they need us to help arrange a wedding. And I remember my kids, why are you spending so many hours making a wedding for someone? You know, like whatever, Hashem. And I remember saying to the kids, this is what Hashem sent our way. That means this is what he wants for us to do. So it's a recurring theme that it's not like, wow, I've harnessed and mastered this. I'm constantly being challenged at this, Right. But I found that it's really one of the greatest tools I have is just letting go and trusting Hashem. I am not saying this is easy. Like it's not. Yeah. If we take it back to your story for a minute, I think that anyone who is listening could think like you had six children, you had a full, beautiful house. Like what was the struggle of not having more children? And I think that's the exact lesson is that we each have this like vision of what our journey should look like. A hundred percent. We each have this vision of what our family should look like, what our life path will look like. And when it starts to deviate and Hashem is like, that's actually not what I need from you right now. It's scary because we feel this loss of control, even though we weren't in control to begin with, but there's, I mean, getting pregnant with triplets is a loss of control. Like people get pregnant with a single baby usually. I remember laying on a couch because that was probably all I could do. I couldn't even make a phone call when I was pregnant. My entire existence was carrying these souls from point A to point B. I literally felt like I'm just a vehicle to bring these neshamas from here to here. Like, that's truly how I felt. Full time. Yeah. No, your entire existence is consumed with producing three humans. I couldn't even make a phone call. That's how exhausted, like, just taken I was. I believe that. Yeah. And I remember calling a friend who, like a shlacha who had triplets. She's like, Manya, this is something you cannot delegate, so be present in it. And yeah, it taught me this is where you are. This is where Hashem wants you. So I got an interesting message from a, friend, a classmate. She says, Manya, I'm doing like a podcast on like midlife and I want to hear your thoughts on it. I was like, I don't know what you're referring to. She's like, I don't know. We're in our 40s, you know, and like our kids are grown and everyone's having this midlife crisis. There's no one at home anymore. And I'm like, oh, I totally did that in my 30s. <laughs> First of all, I had to think to myself, like, why am I not relating to what she's saying? Like, what's wrong with me? I don't relate to what she's saying. Like, is something wrong with right. me? Everyone's experiencing something that I don't even relate to. And then it hit me. I said to her voice and I'm like, I think I did this in my 30s. I think my entire 30s when I was, my kids were pretty settled. Everyone was in school. We had schooling and childcare. We have to arrange it every year according to the needs of our kids because there's no schooling here. In the online school, 
And then I had so much time and space. I think in the beginning, I was like, okay, well, like, you know, you're just waiting for more kids or more things to, you know, what? And then I realized there's, I mean, I didn't realize it wasn't a conscious process, right? It was just like, kind of, again, this is coming my way. So this is what it is. And during those 10 years, I discovered parts of myself that I would never have discovered. And now those parts are in pause, actually, for, you know, a lot of reason based on, thank God, two babies in the house and them needing to be taken care of and raised. I remember when one of my triplets found out we we're having a baby and they're like, we're the youngest, like what's going on here? Like, <laughs> and I remember yeah. them saying, I thought we were past that stage. We, collectively. <laughs> we. we, this family. <laughs> we, yeah. So I was like, well, we were never past it. Asham like decides and they're like, well, what are you guys going to do with it? We're like, it <laughs> is going to be your sibling <laughs> and we're going to love it and raise it and take care of it. Just kind of like what we did with you. <laughs> and then their last comment was, are we ready for like a little thing running around and making chaos? <laughs> I said, what do you think it was with three of you? <laughs> exactly. No, but my point is that I feel like it's been an anchor for me truly. And I've saw someone recently, she's, oh, you're amazing. You're still having to, I'm like, amazing. I'm amazed that Hashem is giving me these kids. Like, I don't know. I think it's a theme though, that I don't think it's about having kids. I think I've been blessed that my children have been my greatest teacher. They have given me opportunities to face myself in the mirror. The deeper parts, the more sensitive parts, the more overreactive parts, the parts that need healing. My children have taught me to be patient. I'm still working on that one. Ask them to be calmer, to truly trust Hashem and to depersonalize the journey. That sounds really funny to say as a parent, I'm going to depersonalize the journey but to truly trust that just as Hashem knows exactly which neshamas are meant to come into the world and into my family, Hashem also has a plan for them. So that when I'm in the throes of something with a child, to really let go and say, Hashem, this is your chelak elakami, mamam, this is your child. You are the third partner. You know exactly which neshamas you sent to us. You clearly think we have what it takes to raise them. And letting go and trusting that Hashem's got a plan for this kid has been a theme that's also been, again, it's along the same line. So that's what I'm saying. It comes up again and again. It comes up when I don't know who the staff is going to be for Chabad next year. And like, is letting go? Hashem's going to send someone our way that he knows is meant to be here. He knows our neshamas are meant to interact and spend a year together in this organization or in this community. So it's a recurring theme that I find to be just one of the greatest tools that I have in, to navigate the ups, the downs, the chaos, the the good times, the challenging times, and just trusting that he's got, he's got this. Yeah. So I'm wondering, because like you mentioned, not knowing who your staff is going to be the next year or wanting more children and Hashem pausing that for you for over 10 years, those experiences where you wish things were different and there's certain things you could do to try to make them different. How do you at once surrender, but also try to really create a vessel for the thing that you want to receive and like really create the reality okay, that you want so to live in? I hear completely what you're saying. And I think is this fascinating paradox between doing everything what I can, everything that I can, everything I can, I'm going to do my part. And then whatever your plan is, that's what it's going to be. And I don't think that it's in that tension of this, like, on the one hand, I'm going to put all my effort in. And on the other hand, I'm going to completely let go because you have a plan. And like you said, you know, like we're not in control. We never were. Right. So it's this yeah. illusion of control that actually is where we get stuck and we end up in trouble. Sure. But I think that's literally with everything that's with, you know, who is the, the shidduch for my child? It's like, 
Hashem, you chose my child's neshama. You know who the other half is. You got this. And so I think when we approach Mm -hmm. any really big, and actually it's not only the big stuff, it's really the day-to-day sometimes chaos of like, oh my gosh, this is not working right. We have a program in a half hour. And it's like letting go. Okay, whatever, let go. And I noticed this trickle through my shlichos too. When I first started out, every program had to be exact like this and like that and designed it. And then it's like, let go. What's the goal here? The goal is to meet Nishamas, inspire them, connect with them, and help them connect to Hashem, to their Chelek Mamish, and to Hashem. So really all the fluff on the side is just a distraction. I think it's like this tool that, yes, is seemingly deeply paradoxical or deeply like doesn't make sense that they can coexist, but we do our Ishtadlis, we do our part, and then we say, okay, Hashem, you got a plan. You got a plan. And letting go. And that is, it's not easy. I think it's not easy to look at what you think should be. Like a lot of times I find myself saying, okay, does it need to be this way? Or I think it needs to be this way. Whose vision of what it needs to be? Is it? Yeah. I know for myself that going back to that question is a constant reassuring grounding anchor because I can ask myself, is this what I need? Or is this what Hashem knows I need? This is what I think it is how it's supposed to be. And then let go. And I'm not saying this is easy. It's deep work. We call it Avaida, right? Like we call that work of embracing it. And I will say that a deep part of that journey was as I was lighter on the house end, because I had, let's say, three kids out of the house and only the triplets at home. And there was no babies and no, you know, morning sickness or none of that, right? I yeah. threw myself into teaching to Limitera. And learning Tanya with, you know, professors and learning Tanya with adults who've learned Tanya before and learning together. I learned so much from those that I was able to learn together with. And I threw myself into teaching in such a way that the deeper I went into Chassidus, into Tyra, the more everything else kind of just fell into place. Because it creates this like zoom out, like all these really big ideas that we have as our fundamental principles and building blocks and chassidus, all those really big ideas are really simple. They're really simple. You are where you're meant to be, everything you have, and all your experiences are exactly what Hashem wants for you. Like, that's a really big idea, but it's so simple, but it's really big. And all of these concepts that I was now having to teach, I was having to live. And I remember saying to a friend, oh, it's so hard living what you believe. Like this is, <laughs> these are great in theory, but I have to live it. Like I have to live letting yeah. go and trusting Hashem and knowing exa- I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And my child is too, whatever pain or challenges or struggles, ups and downs are going through is exactly what he has planned. That's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Let's talk about that challenge a little yeah. bit. Like what is the process of going through that challenge and being able to still lean in to this trust and this surrender. Cause as you mentioned, it's not just like, Oh, I'm getting thrown a curveball, a totally different life path identity. than I initially dreamed for myself or I'm 41 and I'm having another baby or whatever it is. Again, this is not about children. Yeah, We're yeah, just, yeah. you know, sharing your own journey, but anyone who has different elements, there is a huge challenge of the identity shift. This is the path I was on. Now you were in the space of teaching, leading outside of your home, often. And suddenly you're like being pulled back in. And even if you know, it's the biggest (laughs) blessing, you know, it, it's still a total lifestyle change, a total identity shift. Completely. Like I went from teaching seven times a week to one time a week that last year, thank God we made a bar mitzvah, two weddings. My husband's 50th birthday had a one-year-old and a baby all in the same year, (laughs) aside from the Chabadas and everything else. I was like, at the end of the year, 
what I did that year was just put one foot in front of the other and like, thank Hashem, like, like, thank you, Hashem. Like, please, Hashem, give an abundance of brachas to everyone. It's overflowing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, that's really where I was. And I think that mantra is like, like my theme last year was katenti. Like, I'm humbled. Thank you, Hashem. At the end of the year, (laughs) literally at the end of the year, I think when the postpartum, like when I was home nursing a baby and I was wallowing in that, and it was, I mean, wallowing, I was so submerged in that just being home with a baby. I mean, mind you, his birth was Sunday and Pesach was Wednesday. So it was very short little window. But when the semester winded down in May, I was like, what just happened here? Like what? That was a lot of life. And again, thank you. Thank you, Hashem. But then to see a part of me that's missing being there teaching and learning because Here's when people are like, oh, wow, thank you for the class. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. When I learn, it's my boost. It's my vitamin. It's feeding my neshama. When I go into a class and I need a double shot espresso because it's late at night and I was up with a baby and I'm tired, right? When I leave, I'm on a high. Like I just connected yeah. to Tara. My neshama is nourished. I feel so alive. And it's incredible working with college students because they're so open to learning and thinking and growing. And it's really inspiring. It's tremendous. So then when... That was all a consciously, I stepped back from that. And suddenly I'm like, I'm thirsting for that. But again, knowing on the other side, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. You have a 19 month old and a baby. You have a two year old and a three month old, right? So the idea being of, again, pulling that tool out of the toolbox and saying, okay, Hashem, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And again, that I don't think is easy. And I think I want to say something because I think that during the 10 years where I was really like forward facing and teaching and outward and running and doing it at the shop here and here. And I feel like these two brachas of these two children just like pulled me back. Like, no, actually, I want you right here right now. That's what I felt. Mm-hmm. And using this tool, understanding that this is where Hashem has planned for me means that I also let go of that 10 year vision or label or definition of self. And I say, mm-hmm. this is where I'm at now. And so during that time, I remember someone saying like, how's it you're going, you're speaking, you're doing, you're teaching, how many times a day a week you teach a guy, I could barely make it through the day. I was a younger shlucha and I said, honey, like if I was where you were, I also wouldn't. Like Hashem put me in this place. And since this is where he put me, this is how I can maximize my kaychas. And if he puts me in a different place, I'll rechannel my kaychas. And then Hashem took me up on that, which I'm grateful for. I like that mindset because then it doesn't invalidate the former stage that we were in. Whenever our journey does pivot somewhat, I think it's easy to say like, Okay. So then what was happening like all those years, but knowing that it's like, no, right now, this is where I'm supposed to be tomorrow, next month, next year, things are constantly shifting. And I think knowing that is also very encouraging because even if you're in a state that might be a little bit more difficult for you, that does feel more challenging, or you do miss teaching or whatever it is, it's temporary. Hashem temporarily wants me here. Yeah. And you know what else? You're in a community, everyone's like, are you having more? You're planning on having more? You're like, oh, you're having, like, you get all these very funny comments, right? Like, because ev- everyone's like, comments. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, I, I embrace them. I I, okay. I, I do, I embrace them. I, I actually, okay. I heard there were a lot of discussions amongst our students on Friday night. It's like, so guys, let me explain to you the Jewish perspective on bringing in the Shama into the world. So it's not like you don't understand that we totally get how to not have kids, but we actually respect and understand and value. And actually for a lot of students, it was a huge shift. So instead of saying like, why are they having kids? It's like, this is the bracha of children. And then I pointed to them and I said, guys, the Jewish nation's relying on you having beautiful Jewish children, establishing Jewish homes, 
And I always tell them, I said, if we're not going to have Jewish babies, who's going to, right? So listen, I think that identity is a weird thing. We attach a lot of labels. There's a lot inner narrative. There's a lot of voices in our head that tell us who we are and who we aren't, what our limitations are, what we aren't. Actually, what I love to do in my shluchas is limiter more than anything else. And the irony is if 15 years ago, 17 years ago, we moved here. If you asked me to teach a class to adults, I would have told you, no, not for me. And I actually got thrown into it quite literally. I once showed up at a Shabbaton and my name was on the program. And my student said, you're speaking. And I said, I'm speaking. I don't even know if I knew what Parsha was. I had to run up to my rooms, Google quickly. I was like, panic. And that was the beginning. And ever since then, I got thrown into it. And if you ever would have asked me 18 years ago, is this something you see for yourself as part of your story or part of what you can give to the world? I would have said no. I would have said no. I remember the first time we moved here, the local temple asked my husband to give a class on Kabbalah Hasidus. And I was like, oh, that's for you. No, yes, one of us. And I was like, oh, that's for you. That's not for me. Like, you got this. And now it's something that I discovered through that time and space and through Hashem guiding me in a different direction, I found something that I wouldn't have known is there. So again, that's the trust. That's letting go. That's trusting that Hashem's got a plan. It's hard work. It's exhausting, actually. And it's really sometimes in the nitty gritty day to day. When you're getting frustrated at people around you because things aren't the way you want it to be. Can you describe what the hard work looks like? Like, can you walk me through the process of being in a moment where you're like, I'm here. Okay. I didn't expect to be here. What now? What's your inner dialogue? I think it's interesting to me when it's outward facing, when you are frustrated with those around you, whether it's your children, your spouse, your employee, whatever it is, it's outward facing, then you really need to pause. You need to breathe and you need to say, okay, what is really going on here? Is it this illusion of control? Is it because if that person's not meeting my demands or what I think needs to be? And it's made me often question what I think needs to be to run this you know, operation efficiently, whether it's the family or the organization. Who says it needs to be that way? So it's really about pausing. Sometimes it's breathing. Sometimes it's giving yourself a timeout and like really saying like, what's actually going on here? I remember one Friday, I was not enough sleep, a lot, not enough help. And I was just not my best self. I was like snipping at everyone. And I remember one of my children was like six and looked over at me and just said, you're in a bad mood. So it's like the most logical response to like a seven-year-old who says that I am not in a bad mood. And they just looked at me and said, you're in a very bad mood. And I was like, (laughs) the bad mood is worse than I thought it was. (laughs) Like it's worse, literally. I was like, whoa. And I remember I went, I literally gave myself a timeout. And then I said to myself, okay, like check in with yourself. Like what is the vibe you want in your home on a Friday? How do you want your children to envision what Shabbos looks like? How do you want your children to think and feel when they think of Shabbat at Chabad with, uh, you know, 75 people? And I remember like taking a few breaths, calming down my overreactive system. And I went out, I turned on music and I just shifted the energy. And so a lot of times when I find that energy being not where I want it to, for me, music and turning on music and sometimes dancing in the kitchen, there's definitely many dance parties in our kitchen, shifts the way the energy is. And it's something that I'm trying to check in with myself and be conscious of like pre-Pesach or pre-Tishrei when it's like, there's so much to do logistically to make it through a Tishrei saying logistically with thousands of meals and tons of guests and being present for your own spiritual journey into Tishrei and your children's needs and the kids are coming from out of town and the students needs and the one who maybe this is the once a year they're going to show up like and let alone the kugel that needs to come out of the oven before it burns like whatever (laughs) it's like all the literally all of it right 
So going into that, when I know it's going to be a chaotic time period with the mindset, okay, this is the mindset I need to have, or this is the mindset I'm going to work to reorienting myself to. So when it comes to trying to really in the moment, let go. And the dialogue is interesting because I think there's the literal, what you need to do is you actually need to understand how to slow your brain down. And that's through breaths, that's through time away. And you have to really try to override. I mean, it's tools of chassidus, really, to really like my tell of like, I need to realign where my emotions are, where my head is, and my conscious self, my healthier self. I know the big picture of what I'm trying to accomplish yourself needs to take control of the steering wheel. And it doesn't mean you ignore whatever the struggle is, because you need to create space to deal with that struggle, but it's putting it in the right healthy place because there's no doubt that being, let's say, toxic, negative or explosive is actually not going to help the struggle. Yeah. Right. So if I want to address the struggle, I will never forget Rabbi Shay's tab had a series on Tanya, it's an older series, and he, a six part CD, just to give you perspective of how old, right? And one of the things he says is make an appointment with yourself to address the negativity, Make time, carve out time and space to say, okay, this is something I consciously need to address. But right now in that chaotic overdrive, overreactive, you're not going to solve it. And that's, by the way, the same thing with spouse, with children, with challenging people that come your way. When we're reacting from a place of that toxic negative, like check in with what feelings is this bringing to the table within my core? What is this making me feel? If it's negative emotions, if I'm getting tighter, if my clenching my jaw, if my back, if, if I'm feeling all those negative things, then chances are that's the point of departure. It's not going to end where I want it to end. So pausing, breathing, stepping out, saying, okay, I'll deal with this tomorrow. I'm going to try not to react right now. Again, deep, deep work. And actually, I really think a lot of it I've been taught by my kids, like where you want to react to a child or a child comes and they dump everything on you. Blah, 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 this doesn't work. And then they're like the mother of me wants to like solve it or put them in their place or help them through it. And then like sometimes they just need to just be heard, just be heard. So sometimes for myself also, I need to be check in with myself and say, when is it that I just need to be heard? When is it that I can solve this? And sometimes I'll say to my husband, like right now, I just need you to listen. I'm going to just dump. Like, I just need you to listen and that's it. So really, really going inward, which again is that deep work and remembering that the biggest ideas are often the simplest and the most complicated at the same time. I am where I'm meant to be. Hashem knows exactly what he has planned for me. The people, the things, the time, the space, the location, the challenges, the joy, It's all exactly what Hashem has planned for me. And while that's really, really not simple to live, it's truly the best way to let go and move forward and trust that Hashem's plan for us is so much greater than we could have ever envisioned. And so much more because He understands who I am, my inner workings, my inner world, my inner potential, my infinite potential. If I'm a chelik alakami mamish, I have that infinite potential. I don't even know what that is. So letting go to the circumstances and the dynamics and the factors truly helps me trust that Hashem's going to guide me there. Because the truth is that most of our lives don't turn out the way we envisioned them. No. There's always a pocket of our life that doesn't turn out the way we envisioned. I'm wondering if you could speak to when that journey is not 
for a beautiful thing, like not necessarily for something that you can clearly see the revealed good, but when it causes actual struggle in a person's life, like someone gets married and the marriage isn't what they thought it would be, or someone moves somewhere for a job and it ends up being miserable. And there's this voice of like, it shouldn't have been this way. Like it could have been so much better. How do you accept that? Do you accept that? Is it about like surrendering to it? How do you differentiate between like when to just say, listen, I thought it could have been so much better, but this is what it is. And I have to change my perspective. I have to lean into it. I have to take time for myself, et cetera, versus no, like Hashem, I need to actively just change this or it actually should be so much better. And like, I'm not okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. I can't just surrender to this and lean into this. I'm not okay with that. I'm not sure. If I did not get this across, I don't think surrendering and letting go means not taking active steps in the right direction. So surrendering and letting go doesn't mean like, oh, well, I haven't had a kid, so like whatever. No, it means going to a doctor. It means figuring out what's going on. It means speaking to her upon him. It means whatever it is. I'm having a challenge with a certain child. And it's not like, oh, well, Hashem's got a plan. Lacey, if you're like cool beans. It's not not being responsible. It just means knowing deep in your core that there is a plan I think it's important for us to acknowledge that everything is temporary. The challenging times, the good times. Like I remember when I was pregnant with Bacheva and, you know, I was 41 and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're going to be waking up at night again. Like I had people saying, I'm having anxiety for you. You're going back literally. And I looked at them. I'm like, but I'm not having anxiety. So (laughs) I'm glad you're absorbing anxiety for me, but I actually don't have anxiety about this. So Use your anxiety for other things. I remember telling someone, like, how about you use your, save it. save or find something else to be anxious about. Like, don't worry about this. And it was well-intended. They tried to imagine what they were like going back to babies. And I just remember thinking, like, in 10 seconds, she's going to be 17. Like, okay, so she'll sleep. And in a way, these two babies of like, I've let go, okay. You know, when they sleep the night, they'll sleep the night. When they teeth, they teeth. Everything is temporary. Every stage is temporary. Even teenagers, okay, when they're, as they're getting less angsty, they'll, they'll, they'll move through it. And so I think the zoomed out perspective. Have that now. Is truly, yeah. Someone said, oh, it's like your parenting in hindsight vision. I said, oh, that's such a good analogy. It's like, yeah, I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to do the best I can. I know Hashem has a plan for them. And I know I'm going to let go. And I know I'm going to try to do everything I can, but I also, I'm going to mess up. Yeah. I remember having a group of parents that were like talking parenting. I'm like, guys, since when is perfection even a goal? Like we're not perfect. So we can't even do a perfect job. And I think that in the beginning of my parenting, I, you say, I'm going to speak to my kids like this. I'm like that. I'm going to parent every environment and this. And then I was like, that's not real. It's just not reality of life. So really those two ideas deeply coexist. If I'm not happy with a challenge or a struggle that I'm going through, I need to turn over every avenue. And this is the gift of a mashpia, the gift of really good friends who will say, hey, you're wrong. Hang up and apologize to your husband. Like the people who are really present in your life will just say it like it is. And I'm very blessed to be surrounded by a lot of really good people. And so gaining perspective from others, listening to podcasts like this, give us a shift, creating little shifts. And I would say just because I've made progress one day doesn't mean the next day I'm not going to fall and struggle. But going back to that and strengthening that muscle of trusting, of letting go, of knowing there's a plan is where I find so much strength. And like to speak to when things are not going the way you want them to, I'm very blessed. I am. I'm very blessed. I have a wonderful partner. I have incredible kids. I have a very busy shlichus that's very, very meaningful. Does it always go the way I planned? Absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. Like, none of it. But moving forward and gaining the perspective, like it's all temporary, the good days, the bad days, like, okay, the baby was up all night crying and 
they're not going to be up all night crying every night. Like, okay, tomorrow I'll catch up on sleep. Like everything starts here, everything. And we often give up the power of our mindset. We let it go. We don't even, it's like, own it. You have this powerful, incredible thing that Hashem gave us. And it takes work to nourish it, to nurture it, to strengthen it. But the mindset is the step one. It's like all starts here. It's all how we view it. You can have these situations where you know you look at it one way and then you look at it another way and it's exact, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. Your toddler hasn't stopped being a toddler. Yeah. Your spouse hasn't stopped having like whatever their, let's say, challenges in their personality. Your child is not suddenly had a lobotomy now perfect. Your financial situation is not suddenly like, wow, a million dollars just landed in your bank account. So how is it that sometimes we're able to embrace it and roll with it and handle it? And sometimes we're just stuck and immobilized and frozen. How? All here. So we have to nourish our mind. We are blessed. We are so blessed, you know, with everything that's going on in the world. I just said to my husband, I'm like, we are so blessed to be Chassidim al-Bav who know how to look at the impossible, how to look at the stuff that is so challenging and painful. We have marching orders. We know what to do. Now, it doesn't mean it's easy to do it. That's two different things. But if I go to that mindset and that's my point of departure, now I have a path forward. I like how you said that everything is temporary because then the beautiful twists on our path, we can appreciate them even more because we know that it's temporary. And then also the really challenging ones, like in a microwave, like your child not sleeping at night, that is temporary. Like you have that hindsight vision and whatever personal challenges someone's going through in their life. Cause I think that's really what I was trying to zero in on the question, but I wasn't so clear is that what happens when the twists on our path and the journey Shem is taking us on is unpleasant, is difficult, is really uncomfortable. And we don't see the revealed blessing in it. Cause a lot of blessings come with a lot of discomfort and maybe are different than we expect. So it's like identity shifts, et cetera, which is very much a challenge. And I'm not minimizing that at right. all. I think we really experience that as struggle. And then there's sometimes when like Hashem is taking us on a journey that we couldn't have imagined that is really challenging and feels like suffering. Right. And we can't clearly see how it's a blessing. No. And I don't even know if sometimes we can ever see that it was a blessing. Sometimes it's something we have to just walk through and we have to lean on those that could give us that support. We have to lean on those who can help us through it. We have to get the appropriate help and support from experts in the field. It doesn't mean we just sit back and say, oh, Hashem, no big deal. You got this. I'll figure it out. No, sometimes it means a good friend, a good therapist, a good mashbia, a good fetch session, a good run, a good cup of coffee. I don't know. Whatever it means, sometimes everything is different. I don't think we deny that there's the challenges and I don't think that we ignore them or ride through them. I think we just try to put them in their place and understand that we can work through it. And sometimes it's letting go. And sometimes it's such deep work that's so exhausting and draining and takes what you think is everything out of you. But because you're an infinite soul, you have so much more in you. There's so much more there. And we have to find what replenishes us. Each person that's a little different. Okay. So we always end off with advice. Oh yeah. I should. I, I always feel like it will be a natural organic okay. follow-up to what you just shared. What advice would you give to anyone who's kind of at that crossroad where, whoa, what is ahead of me is different than I anticipated, not what I imagined. There's a shift in identity. It just isn't what I expected. Like, what's my starting point for leaning in and embracing the journey that Hashem is sending me on? I would say maybe 
This is really not simple because everyone can interpret this differently and everyone's experiences are so different. I would say be curious because be curious as to what growth opportunity and what wonder Hashem is sending your way. Be curious to know that Hashem sees within you so much strength and potential and untapped and uncharted territory and untapped energy and talents and abilities and that he knows you have that you don't even know. And there are times I said, Hashem, this is all you like, let me know what you want. And then he does. And then he does. And I'm not, when someone is in that pain, I would never look at someone who's in a challenging or painful dynamic and say like, you got this, like, it's fine. No, like the pain is real. The pain a person feels is real, but knowing that it's not like, I'm thinking like the pain of like childbirth, like, you know, it's going to be challenging or, you know, that there's deep pain in it, but you also know that at the end, that pain is not for nothing. And so I cannot tell that to someone else, but I could look inward and say that to myself. I'll never look at someone else in pain and say, oh, it's just Hashem's plan and you got, no, like, no, I'm not okay with you being in pain. I look at my child in pain or struggling, like, I'm not okay with them being in pain. So we we do both. We thank Hashem, we lean on Hashem, and we say, Hashem, this is not okay. We do both. We do all of it because Hashem is big enough to handle all of that. And then we look at it with curiosity and say, where will this take me? What strength, what skill? In a moment of consciousness, where is that growth potential? And again, you have to be so sensitive to someone else not to be like, oh, honey, sweetie, please, you're fine. Hashem has a plan. Like, no, I could look at someone else's pain and say, Hashem, please, please have Rahmanas on them. We do that all the time. But then for myself, wonder where this is going to take me. For my child, trust that they are good. It is good. That There's a journey and there's a plan. Yeah. I love how you opened with that. Be curious and be curious about what strengths are going to be revealed within you. And I'm thinking because we spoke about identity that it's like, be curious about who you're going to become, who you're going to be. Yeah. So often the pieces of our journey that we're so attached to is because we're so attached to like a version of ourselves. And I could really relate to that idea of like, stay open to who you will be in this new situation. And that's going to change. Yeah. It's going to change. Be curious and open. Yeah. There's parts of you that are untapped undiscovered. I was speaking to a friend. She says, I'm 43 and I'm still discovering parts of self. I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) tired from growth. When does it end? And the truth is that's the journey of life, right? Every living thing is growing. So be open to the growth and daven Tashem that it's that it's revealed good and that the growth is for everyone full of brachas. I'm so grateful that Hashem has taught me through the most wondrous, blessed, ways. And I say it all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because I think what you're saying is that it's not just growth. Like we are going to grow in small areas. It's literally renewal. It's like becoming a different person. Like the different chapters of our life demand that we be literally different people. And that's hopeful. I think it's hopeful. And it, there's a certain excitement to that. Like, wow, there is, yeah. there's parts of self that I don't know who they are and I'm going to get to explore. And, and it's also exhausting, by the way. I just do want to put that out. It's exhausting too. But anything that's worthwhile looks like that. Anything that's worthwhile takes deep work, but with beautiful results. So I give a bracha that everyone should have beautiful, beautiful, shining results in their life. Beautiful. And be able to see the brachas in a very revealed way. 
Amen. And Hashem should not hold back any souls from anyone who is ready to bring them into the world. Hashem, there's a lot. I remember when I was giving birth to this, my baby Ali Melech, he's seven months old. And I remember thinking as I'm like giving birth like Hashem, a new soul is coming to the world. Share this gift with everyone. Just bless everyone with this gift. May we see revealed good in a very, very, very real way. When the curtain lifts and Mashiach's here, we're going to have a, a real clear understanding of the journey. So we should get there sooner rather than later. Carve Mamish, we're ready. We're very ready. Yeah, ASAP. Let's do it. <laughs> it's time. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Elokai Zakinina if you enjoyed today's episode and it sparked something for you, touched your heart or touched a raw nerve or just got you thinking, I want to invite you to keep this godly conversation going. Share the episode with a friend. Tag us on social media with your follow-up thoughts. Let's get the truths of Torah into the atmosphere. The world needs it right now more than ever. You can email us at info at humanandholy.com. Find us on Instagram at humanandholy. And you can sponsor an episode or give it any amount through our site, humanandholy.com slash sponsor. New episodes of the podcast come out every single Sunday morning. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. And while you're at it, feel free to leave us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the podcast and it brings us joy. Thanks for listening and we'll talk next week.